there are people in this world that don't have oatmeal wallets. They're cold and alone in foreign countries with nowhere to keep their money safe and secure. Well, I, I mean, they may not have money necessarily, but that's not the point. I'm getting off track. Just go over to tacticaloatmeal.com and buy yourself an oatmeal wallet. And while you're there, go ahead and buy oatmeal wallets for all those poor orphaned children. Their money is wet and ruined, and I just wanted you to know that it is all your fault. And most importantly, be sure to use the code COUCHCAST at checkout to save yourself 10%. Hey everyone, it's Josh Eccleston. Uh, I apologize, I took way too many weeks off, but I'm back. And I've got about four really good episodes already cooked up for you. The first of which is with my good friend, Rannon Harvey, the drill sergeant. Uh, Rannon's been my friend for many years. And for whatever reason, I've never really spoken with him about this job. I could imagine what he does uh, those weekends that he goes to the army. But we've never really talked about it for whatever reason. So this one was actually a lot of fun for me to actually learn what my friend does. I think y'all will enjoy it as well. We're changing up the format for this episode, though. Typically, right now, uh, there'd be like some sweet guitar interlude. And then I'd say something like, and here's a song from Ryan Harris. And then Ryan would like release this amazing song, recapping the entire episode. Now, the problem with recapping the entire episode before the episode is that you guys don't really understand a lot of the references he's making in the songs. So we decided to change it up. We've got this new like theme song from the very first episode that he's cooked up. That's going to play first. Then the episode's going to play. And then Ryan's going to do his song recap, original music, at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for Ryan Harris at the end of the episode. We're probably going to kick it into the intro song right about now. Enjoy the episode, folks. Brandon Harvey, the drill sergeant. So, honestly, man, it's it's interesting because I've known you for like such a long time, but we've never really talked about your job. I remember one time, like way back in Bell Stand days, you and I got uh, way too drunk, which is kind of what we did back <laughs> yeah. then. And uh, like we talked about your army experience that one time. Other than that, I've never really talked to you about your job. How was uh, how was that conversation? I don't remember that, and I it, feel like I would have gone down a black hole. No. It was extremely shameful for me. <laughs> it was extremely shameful for me. All my army brat guilt kicked in like hardcore, and I was like, "I should have been there with you." <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't remember it. That's funny. <laughs> Your roommate was there too, and he was like, "You should have, man." <laughs> was that Kelly or, or Ricky? It was Ricky, oh, dude. Okay. Yeah. 
terrible moment for me, but you seem to dig it at the time. <laughs> I, I don't mind talking about the kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, good. Cause we're like about to for like an hour. Okay. So, um, I guess you started bell stand with me and you got like, I know you had just finished your deployment with the army. Yeah. So when I started the bell stand, I had just gotten out of active duty for three years. So I was in active duty right out of high school from August, 2004. Uh, well, I graduated in like May, had a delayed entry, uh, went to basic training in like August to November (laughs) and then deployed a year later for a year and then had like a year not being deployed, but back in the States. And then I got out. So I was almost stop lost. So I was like, two weeks before I was actually getting out, they were like, you may or may not have to go back to Iraq in four weeks. And I was just like, oh, okay. Let's, uh, I hope to God I don't have to do that again. Because <laughs> you were just there for like how long? Like a year? <laughs> for a year, yeah. yeah. Uh, and at the time, I didn't like, like the army. Um, there's a lot of bullshit that has to, that goes with like being active duty. Um, and at the time, I, just, I, was, I was over it. Uh, and now that I look back, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have stayed active duty, you know, or, and now I love it. So I don't regret being active duty. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I've never heard you until seriously right now, I've never heard you speak negatively of the army ever. In fact, I've seen you get very defensive about it with some people, which yeah, you should, but interesting. I mean, it's, it's something that I've. How do I put this? I've, my, my, my view of the Army has changed over the past 11 years. Um, you know, my view on reservists when I was active, it used to be like, oh, these fucking weekend warriors, piece of shit, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Now I am a reservist, and I find it harder to be a reservist in the Army than it is active duty because I have to know, as a, especially as a drill sergeant, I have to know everything an active duty drill sergeant knows when I go and train, but I don't do this every day like an active duty drill sergeant does. Mm-hmm. They do it every single day, 365. You know, they might get days off every once in a while. And they're always up to speed. I have to be up to speed and know everything they know when I go for two weeks or for like last year when I went for three months. Otherwise, they're going to make me, I'm going to look bad and I'm not going to look bad. So you've got to like turn that mode on. Like you've got to turn civilian mode off and become like Sergeant Rabbit or whatever. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Sergeant Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to study. I have to learn the new regulations that come out. I have to retrain on stuff. You know, I have to get back into. I don't run as often as I used to. You know, when I go, when I know I'm leaving, I have to go running again. That way, I can run a group and push the privates as fast as I can go. Somebody's got to do it. And as older as I get, the privates always stay the same age. You know, they're always staying seven, eight, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Uh, you'll get some older ones, but most of them are right out of high school, maybe in their 20s, and they can run. They can lift weights. I have to be able to keep up with them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I, I can't compare <laughs> anything to that besides, like, when the 21-year-old interns show up at my office, and I'm like, son of a bitch, these kids. But you're, like, talking about actual teenagers. Yeah. Hmm. I mean... Yeah. So what's that like? Do you see them like when they come off the bus? Because all I have is like really stupid Hollywood <laughs> visions of like what training soldiers is, and it's probably not accurate at all. Yeah. So there's two parts of basic training. There's reception, which is what I did last this past year. Uh, 
And to me, reception is boring, but it's a necessity that needs to happen. So reception is you get them off the bus. They're fresh. Uh, I was going to say fresh off the Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Inside joke's happening right now. <laughs> uh, they're fresh off the bus, right? <laughs> and you have to get them to like all their... their uh, their medical, their physical, they have to get them up to finance, and you just have to get them all their their stations. That way, they can get their hearing test done, their eye exam. They have to get their uniform issue, and that's boring because you're not really a drill sergeant. You're just kind of shuffling them from from station to station and so, keeping track of them for a week. Hold on, so they're already they're already kind of signed up because they're coming to this basic training, but yeah. they still have to pass these tests. No, no, no. This is just like to see where they're at. So like, uh, and and also people lie when they join when they join so they go to meps and they're like i don't have fucking asthma you know mm-hmm. and they get there and like i have asthma well guess what you just lied and you're getting kicked out like do they get in trouble for this or is it just kind of like okay bye yeah it's more like oh just okay bye yeah um and so they you know they do stuff at meps and and wherever their MEP station is and then they come here and they still have to get an eye exam because if they need glasses we have to give them prescription eyewear um we have to give them a hearing exam we have to give them their initial issue of all their gear, their uniforms. Um, we have to get their pay set up. Some of them never had a bank account in their entire life. We have to set up a bank account for them. We have to set up if they're if they newly married. You'd be surprised how many people come in 18 married. And their Whoa. wife has access to all of that stuff. Not saying the marriage is bad in the Army. Uh, but you're not going to give your 18-year-old wife access to everything when you're basic training. Because from experience... Jody, stuff happens. Right? Jody, exactly. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. And you just want to make sure your soldiers are secure. Uh, and then there's like ID issue and you just want to run them through like how to march and stuff like that. That way when they go to base training in like the next week, which is the same base, all they're moving, all they're doing is like moving from one building to the other. Uh, and then that's when basic training starts. Okay. So while they're doing all that setup that you're talking about, nobody's yelling at them. Nobody's like being... Uh, you know what people think of as a drill sergeant they're just kind of like hey go over here and take this it test it really depends on your chain of command okay uh some of them are like give them the drill sergeant experience like they have to be prepared some of them are like no they're not in the army yet they're coddle them you know like be you're an nco you're not a drill sergeant right now you're a sergeant and you don't need to be drill sergeant harvey right now you'd be sergeant harvey and just get them to their stations and so there's that fine line. It just depends on the chain of command, really. It really does. And that's with anything. Uh, basic training depends on your chain of command. Hmm. Um, depending on what base you are depends on how you're going to train your soldiers. Depending on if you're an infantry unit, like infantry units, they're still all male, um, as far as I know. Uh, and they train a lot harder than, like, when I, was our, when I was in base training, I was artillery. Everybody was male. All my drill sergeants were male. Um... My drill sergeant just used to fuck us up. Like, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like if I was smart ass, they'd fucking clip you. You know, if uh, what does clip you mean? Like, then he's <laughs> 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 you would not be smart ass to them again. Let me just okay. say that. Okay, okay, okay. Like, uh, it wouldn't be like Full Metal Jacket, like where he just like punch you in the fucking stomach, but you you knew what you did and not to do it again. And some of these privates come in now, they're like, oh, fuck who you are, and they'll talk. You sometimes you just gotta put them in their place, but you can't go as far like whenever I went through base training anymore. Really? And yeah. that wasn't that long ago, really. Yeah. That was 2004. But now huh. see now like at Fort Sill, we do male and female. And so now you have female soldiers, you have female drill sergeants. Um, 
you have to be on top of your toes as far as like like when a female's talking to you, you have to have she has to have a battle buddy. She has to have either another female with her. That way they can watch each other. That way I'm in the right, you know? Because mm. there's a lot of like uh people say stuff like, Oh, you know, drill sergeant did this or drill sergeant did that and as long as you're good like, but you're never going to have like a male drill sergeant and a female drill, and a female private just together. Right. That is not going to happen. Yeah. Probably wise. And same with the females, female drill sergeants and male drill sergeants. Uh, so a lot has changed since like when I went to base training, even when your dad went to base training, my base training, sure. and your dad's base training, completely different. <laughs> yeah. His is probably more like uh full metal jacket. Like, yeah, most likely. I don't know. Cause he went through, well, we don't need to talk about my dad. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, so, okay. So at what point are you actually doing the Hollywood drill sergeant stuff? Or is that all made up? It's all fantasy and that doesn't actually happen. I mean, what's Hollywood drill sergeant? Like just yelling and yeah. Do you have, okay. So there's this like stereotypical voice that every drill sergeant has in every normal civilian's imagination. Is that accurate? Every drill sergeant has their own way. Like, uh, and you can ask, I mean, if you could call my privates up right now and if they were to see me in my civilian life, they would not know that this is me. I'm complete. I'm wearing a different hat and I sound differently. I have different like aneurysms or mannerisms. Sorry. Uh, I walk different. Like, I mean, it really is night and day. Do you feel kind of like you're putting on an act in a way when you do it? Do you feel like you go into like WWE mode or no? <laughs> in a way, you're an actor, yeah. Because like, here's the thing: anybody can be a drill sergeant. It's not just infantry people. Right. It's not just artillery people. Um, you know, finance people can be drill sergeants if that's what they're calling is. You know, anybody can train a soldier. Um, not everybody needs to be gung ho infantry to train soldiers basic combat training. Now, when you get into like your to your advanced stuff. Uh, whether it be like if you're artillery, you're going to be, you're going to go to your artillery school. And if you want to get in more advanced, you want to be a ranger or a green beret or Delta force. Like that, they have different classes for that. All we're teaching was basic combat training. So anybody can be that. So is, is a drill sergeant only for basic? And, yeah. Okay. Yes. Now, but when I said anybody can be that, they have to pass drill sergeant school. There is a school that we have to go to. Okay. That's, Nine what, weeks. Are there, oh, so, ooh, so who's the drill sergeant of the drill sergeant? It'd be just a, like a drill sergeant leader. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, there are drill sergeants that have been a drill sergeant for a while, and they've been, they're, they were good at their job, and they've been asked to be a drill sergeant leader. And so they teach other sergeants how to be drill sergeants. Does he teach you the voice? Or no? That's <laughs> no, just something you kind of pick up when a private annoys you, and you're just like, can we hear the voice? No, no? I, it's, it's awkward. I don't, I've never heard the voice. Like you don't use be... it ever. And I'm like waiting for it in counter-strike. I'm like, please use the voice. <laughs> use the voice. <laughs> <laughs> we need a podcast intro of you doing the voice. Of just me being a jackass for 30 seconds. Basically. Or just like, welcome to Josh Eccleston's <laughs> job cast or job cast with Josh Eccleston, whatever. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. Maybe a few maybe more beers. Work maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> so these guys teach you, are they yelling at you or is it pretty just normal? Like they're actually trying to teach you stuff in like classroom basis. Yes and no, because here's the thing I think training and I don't envy them at all. I, I would feel like training sergeants who are already set in their way of leadership would be harder than training new privates because hmm. a private is a blank slate. They are not, military in any way 
They're going from civilian to military. I have no experience at all. Whereas, like, an established non-commissioned officer, he's been in the Army for a while, and now you're going to train them how to be a different type of leader and train something that they're not used to. They're going to want to bring their own habits into it, and a drill sergeant leader has to break that habit. You know, and there's basically we they go over everything that a drill sergeant would go over with a private. So we have to go on the range again. Hmm. But instead of shooting our weapon, we have to show or teach, we have to learn how to teach how to shoot a weapon. Hmm. Instead of, you know, just going down Treadwell Tower, which is like a, a rappel tower, we have to teach how to tie that knot and rappel off that tower. Uh, how to clean your weapon. Like they just, just stuff that, say, if you're like a finance NCO, right? If you're not an infantry person, you're not probably fully. What's the word I'm looking for? More confident in your ability to show how to teach a weapon or to show how to shoot a weapon. Yeah, you've been out of that mode for a long time. <laughs> exactly. And not everybody who's like, say, finance or a cook, they don't go out in a combat and they don't shoot their weapon every day. So they need to relearn how to do this stuff so they can show soldiers. Now, if you're an infantry guy, I keep bringing up infantry just because it's the easiest uh, for people to imagine too. To yeah. exa- exactly. Uh, you know, they do this every day. So it's for, for like that kind of stuff, it'd be easy for them. But then they also need to learn how to coach and how to mentor. So they're going to be really good at the tactical part of it and showing how to combat environment kind of stuff. But they're not going to be really good at just like, because there's a time and a place to be like an asshole and there's time and place to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. And so there's a fine line. And so every MOS or every job has, brings other stuff to the table. And so you just have to teach. They teach us how to bring it all together to teach privates. Hmm. If that makes sense. So you were mentioning that the that you guys come in with actual experience and patterns that you guys have, and then they have to sort of break those. But all these kids coming in, they have no experience at all, and they have patterns of their own <laughs> that you still need to break. So I guess what's your biggest concern when you're training new uh, well new recruits because they're not soldiers yet? Do you guys call them soldiers until they are? We're supposed to call them soldiers. Oh really? Where like when I was a base training, my drills. Every time we did push-ups, they'd, I'd be like, every time I went down, I'd be like, I'm a, and every time I come up, I'd be like, a civilian, until I graduated base training. You know, I'm a civilian. Now it's like, all right, little warriors, little soldiers, you can't demean them in any way now. The times have changed so much, so drastically, Weird. it's so crazy. Well, I mean, I, I have no experience in this, so I'm not going to act like I do, but that just seems strange to me, because it seems like so, it used to be something that was earned, and now... It's kind of given. Yeah, it's kind of given. Like, when I was at base training... 2004, which wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. 11 years, but still not that very long ago. Uh, we were in the beginning of our war with Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and when like a dr- if we fucked up, a drill sergeant could make us do push-ups all day, no questions asked. As long as he gave us water, I could be on the field doing push-ups all day. Now, if a soldier wants to disrespect another soldier or disrespect me or in or just fuck up in any way, 10 push-ups is all I can do for that one, for that one infraction. It's fucking bananas. It's ridiculous. You know who can do 10 push-ups? Certain pe- some people can't even do 10 For push-ups. Real? I'm okay, dead out serious. of the army. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Bro, when I, when I joined the army, I joined in like, like April, right? Okay. So I knew I was leaving in August. So before I went to August, I was able to run two miles without stopping. I was able to do pass my PT, my physical fitness test, at least the bare minimum. I did more than that. That way I showed up 
at least somewhat ready for basic training. These soldiers don't show up ready for shit. They are still fat and and lazy, and they've never done. You have to teach some of them how to do laundry. What? Like this is a pod. Like I make it easy on them. Like I don't even buy that. They have pods. They don't have to measure anything out. Yeah, they don't have to measure shit. I'm just like, go buy the pods. You put one pod into the laundry. You put it on cold. You fucking turn it on. This is worse than my college roommate. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know how to do anything so do you, do you break them of this or? so you have to you have to teach that you have to break them of those habits uh you know they want to sit there and, uh, and you've probably noticed this about me and because you know my girlfriend has said this uh and my family has said this i eat super fast uh i will eat probably without talking or just i will eat really really fast and my girlfriend will be like well, i'm still eating it takes her 20 more minutes after i'm done because they want to sit there and chit chat the army breaks you of that because in com- everything that we teach in base training is for a reason. You need to learn how to eat fast because in combat, you might not always have 30 minutes to eat your meal. Right. You might have five minutes. You might have 10 minutes. You don't always need to heat that meal up. Just because it says meal ready to eat and there's a heater in there doesn't mean you have to heat it up. Eat that shit cold and let's get on to training. Whoa. How many MREs <laughs> have you eaten cold? Uh, uncountable. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. See, I've had MREs just being an army brat but never never cold some of them are good cold some of them prefer cold interesting like <laughs> just dry completely dehydrated or do you just put water on them and you're no and you're like when they're it? in their packets like they're hydrated like if you can get like a beef stew or something it's it's just cold beef stew or something or oh yeah chili mac hmm. cold chili mac so you mentioned the combat thing like do all drill sergeants have to have combat experience or no no um because I'm sure the finance people don't that you were bringing up earlier. Some of them do. Like, I mean, really. every, I mean, when you go overseas, your whole battalion or brigade or division goes overseas. That's including cooks, finance. They're doing. People like to make fun of them too, but like they're doing what the army needs them to do. Not mm-hmm. everybody can be on the ground infantry, right? You know, <clears throat> I was artillery. Um, but when you got deployed, you weren't really artillery. I wasn't artillery. We had, we had one hot gun, which did artillery missions when needed. But for the most part, I was an I was an infantry person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did PSD missions, which is like personal security, but we did them for like the embassy, and so we'd take like certain people to like their meetings, and then uh, like wait for them outside, and then if stuff went down, snatch them up and put them back in the Humvee and roll out back to the safe area. Uh, but it was all needs of the army. So, I mean, the Army needs finance people. The Army needs cooks. The Army needs uh, supply people. You know, the Army can't function without all these, all these other jobs. So, uh, in my opinion, there's not one job better than the others. I mean, more Hollywood will say, you know, Navy SEALs and Delta Force, and those are the jobs right. that, are, you know, but those guys aren't doing their job without somebody else, you know. And they didn't just wake up one day and be like, I'm a Navy SEAL. They right. got there for a reason. Do you do you find that a lot of these, uh, well, really kids get in there thinking that they're going to be that Navy SEAL, or do they get in there with kind of realistic expectations? Some of them do. Some of them want that. Yeah. Some of them have the drive, and some of them can do it. Uh, some of them you're like, damn, you're going to be, you're going to outrank me soon, and you're going to be a badass. Some of them have a chip on their shoulder, and they... They play too much Call of Duty, or <clears throat> yeah, they think they're going to do it, and they when they can't do like I said, twenty push-ups, or they can't jump over this, they can't climb with this rope. I mean, how are you going to be a 
Delta Force, how are you going to be a ranger if you can't do that? Mm-hmm. Like, you think it's going to be easy? This is basic combat training. They have different trainings for each. Right. Like, you can't just go from basic to Delta. You have to, most of them, rangers first, and then, you know, special forces, and then Delta or whatever, you know? Uh, you don't just start out being a badass. No. So, <laughs> okay, so what's your biggest concern when, when these kids, uh, maybe not actually, but when they kind of get off the bus more or less? And you're kind of like, okay, can you spot something right away where you know, like, oh, this person's going to be a problem? Talking, not like right off the bus, because, you know, they're they're all like wide-eyed and they're all like, oh, shit, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. They don't want to speak. But uh, the more you get to know them, like, that's also one of the, it's a problem and that's that I feel with the reserve, like with the reserve, as a reserve drill sergeant. Most of them only go for like two or three weeks, and you don't really get to know your soldiers. At the end hmm. of maybe three weeks, you finally get to know them, but then you leave. Luckily, last year I was able to go for a full cycle, which is nine weeks. I got to pick up my privates from day one and then train them all the way to graduation. And you know, within the first week or two, you know who's going to be problems, who's going to be your 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 uh, your high speeds. If I, if you, does that make sense? Has your dad ever said high speed? He like, has. Who, who knows well, what they're doing or. Who's not going to be a problem? Who's, okay. who's going to go there and do what you need them to do? <laughs> and so you usually call on those people to, to be student leadership or something. And uh, so you usually know who's going to be a problem, who's just going to kind of stay in the middle and try to not be noticed. You know, huh. you can kind of tell that. Do you do anything like pick those people out just to see what they do, or do you just kind of let oh, them yeah. stay in the middle? I'm going to break those bad habits out. So, hmm. like, for the people that think they should be like student leadership, uh, but they're really not qualified in any way and they, they just want to run their mouth, I'll put them in student leadership and I will critique every little thing and make them feel like shit because I want them to lose that attitude, that chip on their shoulder. Uh, and then I'll put somebody else in charge who I know can do the job and I'll critique them at all. Hmm. Like every once in a while I will just to kind of sh- you know let them know, hey, I'm still in charge and you're appointed by me. Right. But I want those... And you're not the drill sergeant now. <laughs> What's that? Like, they're not the drill exactly. sergeant. But I want... Uh, but when I first put those problem people in, you know, I want them to realize you're not shit right now. You're a private. You can be one day... Are they already a private, by the way? Yeah, some of them have... Some of them come in, if they have degrees, they're specialists. So they can huh. come in as private E1, private E2, private first class, which is E3, hmm. or specialist, which is E4. So they already have to salute each other as such? No, they don't salute because they're not officers. Okay. Um, and they don't really... And when I like say, like, okay, yeah, so a specialist outranks a private, right? But a private's not going to go to parade rest for a specialist. Uh, if a specialist tells a private to do something, yeah, they're supposed to do it. But in my eyes, they're all privates. I'm not going to say, hey, specialist over here. I'm going to say, hey, private, come here. They're all privates in my eyes. Until they've graduated base training, I'm going to call them all privates. I don't even, most of the time, I tell them not to wear their rank because I'm not going to call them by their rank. They're going to be all privates. You're all privates. None of you outrank me. You're all privates. Just because it makes it easier on me. And I don't want one soldier thinking, you know, this guy gets paid more than me. Yeah. That specialist could be a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> well, he's coming in with zero experience. Exactly. Still too. Just so what he, does has, that mean? he just has a degree. Yeah. So, so okay. So, does OCS happen after? That's because uh, these people are coming with degrees, so I expect so they're going to be officers. Not all the time. Hmm. They just they just come in degrees and they want to be 
enlisted, but they that but they're getting paid for their degree basically. They're getting the rank. They still can't make sergeant for three years hmm. or two years without a waiver. So just be, why would they do that? Some of them don't meet the qualifications to be an officer, or hmm. I mean, I don't really know all the the details on the recruiting side. I just know the training side. Hmm. But some of them can't. Well, some of them do. They're like, I want to be an officer and you know six months or whatever and they'll go to ocs after that hmm. just depends on what job you are and how your recruiter set you up interesting so okay if there's someone listening and they're considering the military um what i guess what pointers would you give them before they're going into basic like what would you say hey prepare for this before you show up learn how to do push-ups sit-ups and run more than 10 apparently more than 10 do be able to do in two minutes be able to do 50 push-ups 50 push-ups that's not a lot is that what you used to have to do yeah i mean i right now when i do a pt test i do 75 push-ups in two minutes i do 80 sit-ups in two minutes i used to be able to run two miles in like 12 minutes and like 45 seconds now it's been Cut Too down. much Counter Strike. Yeah. It's been lowered to like fourteen thirty, <laughs> which is still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> learn how to run. Learn how to do push ups. Learn how to do sit ups. Uh, learn your rank structures. Learn who the fuck you're talking to. Like know the difference between each rank. Know if you're talking to a corporal or a sergeant or a drill sergeant. Uh, you know, if you're if, if you're talking to a sergeant and they're not a drill sergeant, don't address them as drill sergeant. If they're a drill sergeant, don't say sergeant. Is drill sergeant a rank or is it just an occupation? It's a it's a title. Okay. So it's an occupation. But while you're in that position, you're addressed as drill sergeant. Okay. You're, I mean, you're st- like, I'm still a staff sergeant. I'm still an E6. But my title is drill sergeant. So people will address me as drill sergeant. Now, people that are higher ranking than me, they can call me staff sergeant. I'm not going to, like, they can call me drill sergeant. And most of the time, if I'm in trouble, they're going to say, come here, staff sergeant. Like, they're not going to address me as drill sergeant. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, drill sergeant is a title. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sorry, back to the advice that you're giving. Uh learn rank structures, like I said, learn physical fitness. Um get that chip off your shoulder. Get all the racism and the sexism out of your what? fucking mind. Do these kids come in racist? Yes. Uh, and you know, I wish one of your buddies on Facebook said, you know, how many, how do I, do I ever quote like full metal jacket? I wish I could be that, like that guy that says, I don't want to hear, you know, I, just, I don't want to say them, <laughs> but like, okay. I don't, he's like, I don't want to hear like nigger or fag spick or any of that. I hate that shit. Like that's the meaning. And we're all in my, in my eyes, everybody's green. Yeah. We all wear the green uniform. So whether you're male, female, black, white, Jewish, Catholic, atheist, doesn't fucking matter. Right. You're wearing green. Right. So respect each other as that. I don't care if you came from the East Coast, West Coast, North, South. You're fucking green right now. And if you're overseas in combat, you're going to want that person to have your back. This is interesting. Because I remember my father giving me the same speech, by the way. No, seriously. Really? No, seriously. Like, I remember, because, you know, with recent tensions and stuff, I remember, like, I keep thinking about to when I was a kid and him talking to me about that. Like, anybody could be my superior officer. Anybody. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I remember that same speech. So it's interesting. So, I mean, and usually you can tell who's 
so I'll sign him a battle buddy. So if I have a, a white guy who's who hates black people, guess what? Your battle buddy is this black guy who hates white people. Okay, hold on. Now you're going to be friends. Has this happened? Yes. Ha- for real? Yes. And, now, and now did they, they make you, it clear to you, you that that was the case? No, you can just tell. Like oh. you can, peep, other privates talk, and mm. so other privates bring stuff to your attention. Uh, and so I'll fix that. You can't go anywhere without this person. You can't take a piss without this person next to you. Like, so you go like super remembered to Titans on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So like by the end of it, they're like, what kind of power you got? Soul power. <laughs> Left side, strong side. Exactly. Like they need to realize that there are other people of different nationalities, different creeds, colors mm. in the military beside them. And Man. you need to realize that they're going to have your back just like you're going to have their back. You know, like. Yeah, all brothers now and sisters. Like that's so silly that people get in there not realizing that that's going to be the case. I, some people, I, I shit you not, have never seen a black guy before. For real, and I don't never. mean to say, like yes, that's a real thing. They've never seen another race because they're from you know, Potunk, middle of nowhere, Whoa, BFE so Egypt. I guess that, and they've and never seen anybody. Makes some sense if you're from like middle of nowhere America. And you're just trying to make a better life for yourself. You're like, I'll join the military. Yeah, you probably haven't seen anybody besides like... On TV. Whoa. Interesting. So that's a good, that's a good policy then. You pair them up on yeah. purpose. Well done, Sergeant Harvey. Now, males and Drill males Sergeant Harvey, and I'm sorry. females and females. I don't pair males and females together. I don't no, want I probably any. don't do that. So <laughs> if somebody's like, I hate women, you're not like, well, hang out with this gal. And then three months later, she's pregnant. <laughs> oh, no. Yikes. Which has happened. You'd be surprised. People, For real? People try to meet their wives in basic training. They think what? they met the girl of their dreams in basic training. The shit privates do. And you tell them from day one, you're not going to meet your girlfriend. You're not meeting your wife. I don't want to f- catch you passing notes. None of that shit. People be fucking in the porta potties, bro. We'd be catching people doing weird shit. Whoa. How do you handle this? <laughs> Very delicately. <laughs> like, see, this is so weird to me because once again, naive kid. Even though I came from a military family, naive kid thinking like, "Well, geez, I'm not a kid." These are just kid thoughts, like where you just have Hollywood telling you, yeah. and you handling things delicately just doesn't make sense to me. Usually, I have a superior for a sergeant, a senior drill sergeant or commander, captain, who was like, "Hey, sir, this is the issue." Here you go. Here's my present for you. And then I just walk away. <laughs> like, I let them deal with that, and I just worry about training soldiers. But, yeah, I mean, stuff happens. People go AWOL, base training. They can't handle it. They break down. People. So, okay, do you build Because, okay, the rhetoric I've always seen from Hollywood is, like, they break them down, and they build them back up. Like, so if you see somebody actually breaking down, are you like, good, now we build them back up? Or are you kind of like, okay, go home now? Okay, like, so like what do a, you do? Like I said, there's a time to be, like, an asshole and break them down, and there's a time to be a mentor. You're not always going to be on mm-hmm. and just do this, do this, do this, rah, 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 you know, like... Sometimes when you see a soldier struggling, you have to be like, all right, private, this is how you do it. All right, now you can do this. Let's go. Talk you through it. All right, now put your hand here. Pull the trigger here. Put your feet this way. You know, like you have to talk. There's a, like I said, there's a time and place to be an asshole, and there's time to be a mentor. And there's a good balance between it. But at the end of the day, you're there for the privates. You're there to train new soldiers. And most of these soldiers might go overseas, will go overseas. So you want to train your soldiers to fight in combat. You don't want to train a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. Right. So you're not always going to be an asshole. And there's drill sergeants that are always assholes. 
and the privates don't like them. There are drill sergeants that are always soft. Privates run over them. Like, you don't want to be either one. You want to be somewhere in the middle. Right, so you can turn it on when necessary and take it off when you actually need to... Exactly. So you want your privates to respect you, but you also want your privates to be able to come to you to learn from you. Hmm. And is it better if they know that you've been there? Like, do they get that kind of perspective from you? Are you kind of like, hey, when I was... Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll use a lot of my own experiences whenever I'm teaching. Uh, And not every drill sergeant, like I said, have been overseas. Uh, And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, and they pulled, but they pulled from their own experiences. But for myself, yeah, I use a lot of combat experiences when I talk to my privates to give them real life. Hey, this is why we're doing this. The reason why you're sidestepping with a tray in your hand is because when you're sidestepping with a weapon in your hand, you have to be able, you don't want to trip over your own feet. Like, right. There's a reason why we do this. The reason why I want you to shut Talking your about mouth. strafing folks. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I want you to <laughs> shut the fuck up while you're eating chow is because I don't want you talking in the middle of the night well, the enemy's on the other side of the hill. You right. know, like I, you need to be able to discipline yourself. So, do you teach them how to like manage their economy for like buying on the first round and like, <laughs> <laughs> like fourth round you, buy? You always go for the tech nine first. <laughs> <laughs> More inside jokes, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you lose that first round, then you're saving for at least three it's more. Terrible. <laughs> Just kidding. They like we have. Do you guys? Have Somebody listening to this will probably be like, "Oh, I get that." I and get. Then it. Everybody else will be like. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and some dude's like, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Fuck, I mean, sit. you gotta buy that Tech Nine first. You like teach? They're like holding one Beretta at the range. You're like, you need two of these. Like, what are you doing? Or like, better yet, why did you buy this five seven? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody the other day was like, do you like the P uh, the P two fifty or the five seven better? I was like Tech Nine. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be. The worst sidearm for the military ever, by the way. Tech Nine. <laughs> tech nine. Slash the coolest ever. If you guys are running around with Tech Nines, respect. Respect dead. anyways, just for the <laughs> right record. Right now they're all running with <laughs> shitty Berettas that have been handed down since like World War II. Those aren't good? No. How do you feel about the Beretta? I just like it. It jams all the time. I'd really? rather have my SD9. X- yeah. SD9. Yeah, with the polymer frame and it's lighter and probably more reliable. Yeah. I don't actually know. I kind of know. Well, every brother I've shot in the army has been just, just an old handy down, like, you know, jams every five seconds, just like all the M16s at training. Like most of them are just fixed, 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 fixed until it finally breaks, fixed again. And then given a basic training. Whoa. So how, how long are they into this, this M4 M16 thing? Like what is How many years are we going? Yeah, probably. Is the, is the A1. Yeah, it's got to be Vietnam, but Vietnam like I, it A1. can't be the same weapons, can it? Well, no, we're in the M16 uh, Alpha Deuce. So it's, uh, the first uh, time we went to Iraq? So when you, when you were deployed, were you using that same stuff? Yeah, I, when I was deployed, I used uh, an M16, and then I had a 240 Bravo, which is like a giant machine gun. And then my buddy had an M16, and he had a 50 cal, which is not the 50 cal sniper rifle, but like... Talking about a pair right now, or what? Negev? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had two Negevs. He just walked around. <laughs> uh, I'll stop with the Counter-Strike references. No, I really won't. <laughs> this is the only way I can relate. Sorry. No, I like it. It's good. 
Uh, so my buddy, there you go, soldier in the gev. <laughs> in the gev, right? Yeah. This is gonna ruin our economy. Why are you doing this? Just give somebody a Zeus. <laughs> you get this. The whole point of it. Hope you get within two feet of somebody. You could shock them to death. Don't worry. Just your, you find the biggest troll in your squad, and you're like, here you go. Here's the Zeus. <laughs> You get the shield. <laughs> the lieutenant's just got some deagle. He's trying to shoot with it. <laughs> but uh, no, most most NCOs get like uh, M16s and then like the machine guns or like the uh, the grenade launcher. Uh, but like officers, they get like shotguns or a pistol that they never fire. Hmm. <laughs> so do officers regularly go into combat or no? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like so like when I went in when I went overseas I had a platoon sergeant, which is an E seven, and I had a a lieutenant who became a captain while we were over there. And every mission we were on, they were both on there. And so like captain was the one in charge of the mission and the platoon sergeant made it happen. Uh and so we just did our mission. So like yeah, and so like uh when also I was overseas, like my colonel, uh my Fulberg Colonel, he was on missions. He went on more missions than most of us. He was out there every day. He wanted to be seen with the soldiers. Uh, and my sergeant major would go on missions as well. Uh, <coughs> but there's also leaders that were like, fuck that, I'm stay here. You know, it just depends on your leadership. Based on your experience then, like being deployed, what mattered the most to you? Like, if, like, did you care if the officer was there? Did it make a difference to you, respect wise? I'm sure it did. Yeah, I mean, like, Had to have. I. Well, I mean, I knew my, my, my lieutenant before we were deployed, and we trained up with him. I respected my lieutenant a lot, hmm. uh, and my sergeant. Uh, <laughs> and I went over as a PFC, and then came back as a specialist. So I did, still didn't have any rank. You know, specialist isn't... I mean, a staff sergeant isn't nothing. I mean, it's something, but it's not. In the, the big th- scheme of all the ranks out there, staff sergeant is still pretty low. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I respected all of them. I respected all my NCOs, all my E5s, E6s, uh, and my E7, and my captain. But I, I mean, I really enjoyed seeing my colonel out there because he'd come on missions with us, and I'd be like, "That guy's a badass." Because yeah. my colonel was like an old like special forces guy. Like he was loaded tactical gear, and he was just like, "Let's fucking go." So he had been deployed before. Yeah, yeah he like had probably been, uh, yes, or like Desert Storm or. I, I couldn't yeah probably desert storm because that would yeah and we would like stop in the middle of like Baghdad city and we'd all be like all right guys where are we where are we going we would all just like stop and he'd be like get out of his truck and just walk down the middle of fucking Baghdad to the next truck and be like what are we fucking doing whoa who's in charge of this like he's just there he's not there to be in charge he's just there to be with us you know yeah and, but he's just like walking through and I'm just like this guy's a fucking bad <laughs> like, I don't want to be the guy that takes a shot at this guy because he will murder you. <laughs> like, Whoa. And that's my head. You know, that's my thought at like 20 years old. I'm seeing this like fucking 40 year old colonel just walking through with a fucking pistol and a shotgun, just like, fuck yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All nice. right, don't fuck with that guy. That Nova. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yo, I have like the worst bladder of all time for any podcaster ever. This is inexcusable, but me and Randon have been drinking for quite some time now. So I'm going to have to take. Are we taking a beer break? I'm going yeah, to have to take a beer break. Yes. Uh, all right. All right. time. <laughs> going to go pee. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh. 
Oh, that burns. Oh, okay. Let off shake. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Okay. Should I wash my hands? I don't need to. I don't need to wash my hands. That'll be fine. It'll, it'll, it'll be okay. Sorry. So, um, okay. <coughs> Let's get back into this. Okay, speaking of alcohol, I remember you bringing up a long time ago, many years ago. Okay. I remember you talking about how Australian soldiers, when you were deployed, <laughs> those dudes, Australian soldiers can apparently drink, but you, you guys can't for the entire year. Yeah. So, uh, when I was overseas, I was in the green zone, uh, but we did missions out into like Baghdad. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in, so I did two different missions. I'm gonna explain this. So I did missions with <laughs> the embassy, the PSC missions. And then I pulled security on Saddam while he was on trial. So he'd come in flying in every once in a while, and we'd see him, like, handcuffed, walk into his little cell or whatever. And we'd pull guard on the outside of his, on the, you know, while he was on trial. But there, were all, there was, on the other side of the base, there was Aussies. There was Australian people, or Australian soldiers. And they're allowed to drink over there as long as they're not on duty. And they'd come to our side because we shared, like, a, a gym and... Uh, like a NWR where they could play pool and shit like that. And we shared a defect and you would just see them being super drunk <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and, uh, it was so good cause they'd like, they'd want to like trade like uniforms with you. So they had like a souvenir or something. And, uh, yeah, they would just be drunk all the time. And the stuff they would say, Aussie, like, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, they would do oi, that. Oi, oi, I remember oi. watching soccer with them like during like the World <laughs> Cup. But uh, they would tell us, you know, hey, when you're on like mid tour leave, don't go home. Go to Australia. Like as a as an American guy, you would clean up because it's something different. You know, like when a if an Australian dude comes to the United States, women want to hang out with him. You know, because it's something that that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, dude, if you go to Australia right now, you and your friends. You go to the bar, no other Australian guys getting picked up that night. It's all the women are on you. Would love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a, as like a nineteen year old, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go home. Now I wish I was like, fuck, I should have gone to Australia. Like, Wait, did they invite you or something? Oh, when you were on your leave, yeah, you when I was gone? on my leave, yeah. And so mm. like, if I ever got deployed again, I wouldn't come home. Like, I would want to go to, like Japan or Australia because you're already halfway across the world anyway. You yeah, know? why not? Might as well go the other way and then just experience something else. But yeah, they were, they were a rowdy bunch, <laughs> and they had og. They had, they had og. They had that og, dude. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet gun, but it's a risk because it's a lot of econ. They had that chameleon skin though. Isn't oh, <laughs> dang! Which I want. On it. I gotta find that. I gotta find that too. I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> There's so many listeners who are like, "What are they talking I about?" Really? Okay, <laughs> listeners, I have an AK in my possession. I really want to put like. <laughs> A Counter-Strike skin on it. It's oh. super dumb. Any respect that was built up for the first part of this podcast, gone. Gone. They're like, who is this kid? <laughs> I support this, by the way. I, I, I will help you stencil this thing out Jaguar. and make it happen. <laughs> We've been talking about Counter-Strike for like half of this podcast, listeners, just so you know. So most of it is real authentic army experience but anything i've said is all video games so i have no idea what i'm talking about 
It mixes in good with the conversation. Yeah, I feel like it does. <laughs> um, hmm. Speaking of video games, when you're deployed, are there any video games? Yes. Uh, so I, I'm already a nerd. I play Counter Strike and I play Dota and stuff like that. But like, I was really into like World of Warcraft when I was over there. <laughs> so I would play that at night. So like every once in a while, I'd have my I have like a day off. And so I wouldn't have to work the next day. And that'd be like my time. Because at nighttime there is daytime here. Yeah. Right? So like my guild was, you know, doing a raid or something. I'd have to get up at like two in the morning, three in the morning to play with them. But I'd have the rest of the day off. So I wouldn't do that. This is interesting to me because like meanwhile, like people are going on actual raids. (laughs) (laughs) Like really close to where you are. And you're like, nah, I'm going to pretend like I'm going on a raid though. Yeah, I'll take my mage and kill this fire demon. (laughs) How was your day today? Oh, I got some sweet gear. (laughs) That's awesome. But I mean, the internet was really shitty. And so that was the only really good time to play. Yeah. Uh, Is when no one was using bandwidth besides you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I don't play that game anymore. Sucks your life away. Seriously. But uh, yeah, there's games. I mean, I watched movies galore. Uh, okay, you you brought something up. Sorry, sorry again, podcasters. Like me and Rand are too deep, and I'm like getting way video game nostalgic right now. So I remember you. Like something we talked about, Bell Stand, is you said like everybody had a Dreamcast out there. What's up with that? You said everybody had a Dreamcast in deployment, and it, I know it wasn't long enough ago for that to make sense. Everybody, I mean, that's everybody had Dreamcast or Xbox. And they had so, a Dreamcast out there in deployment. <laughs> yeah. They'd bring it home. Br- well, they'd bring it from home. But for whatever reason, I had like three friends that had Dreamcasts. And to me, that was a lot. Huh. <laughs> uh, but most people had Xboxes, and we would just land. Like, that was a big thing. Halo had just come out, and we'd have however many people we could have. And the Iraqis, they could, like, jailbreak them or whatever. And so we could, yeah. For real? Yeah. I don't know what the hell they would do but like we could jailbreak the xboxes and we can land each other and we could do other stuff on them, watch movies and whatever and they'd have like uh bootleg movies that we could watch for like a dollar each and uh they have bootleg uh like games and whatnot so we could play the bootleg games on the xbox that were jailbroken <laughs> interesting everything was cheaper over there cigarettes were like 50 cents for a pack of like royales I don't smoke anymore, but I used to smoke like a pack and a half a day. I'd go through two packs a day between smoking them myself and giving them to my buddies, you know, who didn't have any. In between, like my parents sending me cigarettes from America. I'm rem- I'm remembering old Sergeant <laughs> Rabbit right now, and it's it's very interesting to me because I'm like having all these memories from Belstan come back, and uh, so yeah, like when you used to smoke and stuff. So speaking of the australians and how well they did i remember i have this distinct memory i'm not going to say this person's name but i remember a voicemail you got (laughs) sorry maybe it's not coming to mind to you yet but i remember this voicemail you got this girl was like hey randon you're so cool you're in the army and you drive a motorcycle that was your girlfriend at the time (laughs) hey ryan for sure edit that name out (laughs) and then she like slurs she like slurs her name at the end she's like Susie jane which is not really her name obviously um that was the whole voice message. So 
That was probably single-handedly this is my best voice bench I've ever gotten in my entire life. It was seriously great. We listened to it many times. Um, but <laughs> I, I can't believe you remember that because I don't remember that. Well, you remember it now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so how many favors has the army done you in that regard? Like, cause that girl was about it because you, because of two reasons you had a motorcycle and you were in the army. <laughs> so I can get a motorcycle, but I can never be in the army anymore. <laughs> like I'm probably, probably past my prime there. It, uh, it helps on certain occasions. Uh, it's not something to bring up a lot. Now mm-hmm. if I'm like talking to somebody, then I'll, I'll bring it up, but I'm just like wearing like an army, like, Hey, my name's Randon. Army, like or those, Sergeant Harvey to you, Drill Sergeant Harvey, yeah, really. Like one of those, like, uh, of those like, little sticker on badges. Like I don't wear one of those when I go to bars and stuff. But uh, for sure, do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, but for sure, do that. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Hello, my name's Brandon. I'm in the army. <laughs> they have. I know, like, like Twin Peaks and stuff. They do like certain days where they're like veterans get like free meals on this day. So. Um, do you take advantage of stuff like that or no? On like Veterans Day when they do that, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if if I remember, if I'm not working, I yeah. might go and partake. It's it's. I, I remember Belsan would never make you guys work on Veterans Day and stuff like that. Like right now, I work. I work on Veterans Day if it just happens to be on my normal day. Hmm. But like QT will give me. They give me an extra day off a year because okay. I'm a veteran. Because they want to give everybody who's a veteran a day, you know, off Veterans right. Day. But they can't do that logistically. Right. And so they give us an extra day off opposed to my normal vacation days, hmm. which is nice. But I mean, in, I don't know if it's like my generation, but like I, I, to me personally, I don't go around trying to get free stuff. That's, I, I didn't join the army for that. Right. And so like if, if I'm happen to be there and I'm with my buddies that are all veterans, but yeah, we'll go to Applebee's on the, on the veterans day or whatever. But like, I'm not asking for like, you got a military discount? <laughs> you know, hook it up with some beer? Like, I'm not like, free shot? Like, I'm not, no, I don't really throw that out there. I'll right. Like, I think most veterans are like that. Yeah. But everybody has their own experiences. Yeah. So, okay. On that subject, I guess, uh, come Veterans Day, Memorial Day, uh, any kind of day where soldiers are represented <laughs> in any way, um, or just any day in general, that doesn't necessarily need to be a special day. Um, what kind of stuff is appreciated? And then on the other side, <laughs> what kind of stuff is not appreciated? Like stuff that maybe somebody regularly says to a soldier, what is appreciated by you and what is not appreciated? Uh, okay. So again, I can only speak for myself. Right. Because everybody, everybody experiences combat uh, differently or just being in the army differently. Um, it's always going to be awkward for a soldier when they, when you say, Hey, thank you for your service. You know, uh, I don't know whether to say thank you or you're welcome or cause I didn't do it for that. I, I did it for myself. I did you it for I, sure. Be like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's don't just, do that. That's just what I would do, which is why I'm not a soldier. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it for my own reasons. Uh, and it's, it's appreciated. I, I do like that. But then the one question I can't stand when people ask me is like, have you ever killed anybody? Like people ask you that? People ask that, and it's the stupidest question. Because, And let me tell you why. Because, And some people are like, yeah, fucking murders people. You know, like Some people, are, they, they're like that. I remember but, someone who was like that at Bell Sand, but we but won't go into that right now. In my experience, taking a life is not a, it's not a fun thing. No. It's something you have to relive 
over and over and over again. So by bringing it up and asking, you're making that person relive that instance. Uh, and, 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 and a lot of times, <coughs> and like I said, everybody experiences, some people come back fine, some people come up messed up. Better safe than sorry. Don't ask that question because if you ask somebody who's been who's messed up because of the stuff they've done for their country and for their family, and you ask certain questions, it's going to mess them up more. It's going to send them down the rabbit hole. And that those kind of questions, the I rabbit hole, eh? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> pun intended, but not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, stuff like that. Like, what was this? What was the you know the scariest thing you've ever been in? What was the are the most, all, what was have, the most fucked up thing you ever did to somebody? Like, those are questions people actually ask. How many podcasts have you been on, Randon? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were loyal. <laughs> no, but these are just random people asking you this? Yeah. Or, I mean, just acquaintances. See, like, my best friends have never asked me stuff like that. Like, you, you, you've never asked me stuff like that. But, like, no. acquaintances might every once in a while. Or, like, a distant relative might ask me. Or, you know, just somebody who's... I'm not old enough to know better. Right. You would think. Like, okay, real quick, listeners, like, while we were on pause right there, when my bladder gave out, uh, I was talking to Randon about stuff that my dad, uh, who who was in the Army, asked me. He's a major. Let's let's say that. He's a major. He's pretty awesome, respectable. He is very awesome. My dad's very awesome. <laughs> but um, he told me, you know, some stuff that you never asked. And one of the things was that, is that you never ask a soldier, like, if they've killed anybody. So... It's just shocking to me that people just regularly ask you this. It's it happens more often than you think. Yeah. Especially when they just find out you're in the army, like, oh, you've been deployed. Like, the, literally after they've asked, it's like, oh, you're a soldier. Have you ever been deployed? The third question is, have you ever killed anybody? Like, so on one <laughs> hand, if if you and you don't ever have to answer this question with me, especially not now. But if, if you have, not something you want to relive. Exactly. If you haven't. It's just kind of like, okay, well, why do you want to know if I have or not? It's just kind of a weird spot for you to be in. Exactly. It doesn't make, in, in my opinion, whether they've killed somebody or not, it doesn't make them more or less of a soldier. They still did the job that the Army required them to do, what their country required them to do, or asked them to do. Right. And they fulfilled it. Whether they've taken one, ten, whether they're freaking... So, yeah, are you like, hey, bro, press tab. Where are you at on this list? Exactly. Oh, you're bottom frag. Exactly. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even play at the bomb. (laughs) You didn't even defuse that. That's the other team. That's the other team. (laughs) My bad, my bad. (laughs) We go there defusing bombs. More Counter-Strike references. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to title this like like Drill Sergeant slash Counter-Strike shit if you give a fuck. <laughs> that's funny but not everybody like i said not everybody's an american sniper so yeah yeah the, the, that doesn't mean that they're any less of a soldier so no. don't try to demean them by asking that question no. and don't if they have don't bring that up and make them yeah it. yeah because great no that was a fond memory i remember yeah. that time <laughs> that's weird who does that what do you do when they do it by the way I just told him, don't ask me that question. Don't ever ask it. And I, I, I correct him. He said, don't like, ever ask any soldier I was like, don't question. ask me that and don't ever ask any soldier that. That is the stupidest question you can ask somebody. So is there ever... Okay. <coughs> First of all, I've always been taught that. Like, I was raised that way. Like, don't ever ask that question. So it, it, it makes sense to me. But just for listeners, like, is there any situation, is there any scenario where someone should ask that question? Like, uh, maybe a historian 
Is there any scenario I mean, where someone asks that question? If, like, if, at what point do you, you if, know? If you're, you know, American Sniper, if they're doing a documentary. Right, right, you. if you're trying to prove you have the most confirmed kills or something. <laughs> yeah, like, that. like uh, you know, maybe your, your, your spouse will ask you that or, you know, or your, your kids. Something more personal, you know, like, I don't want some stranger asking me that question. You know, if my kid ever asked me that question, I'm going to be honest with them and tell them, you know. Hey, this is my experience, you know, and these are the dangers that I face, and this is what I had to deal with emotionally, physically, you know, stuff like that. But I'm not going to just confide to some this, yeah. random person. I'm going to only tell people that I truly trust and and want to be in my head. Okay, so so not saying that I don't trust you. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> so, so come like Memorial Day, Veterans Day. Well, not Memorial Day. Um, people confuse those a lot, by people the way. People do. And then let's just get that straight right now. Memorial Day is for people that have died in combat. Right. They have served, they have paid the ultimate sacrifice the, okay, for their country. Real quick, the worst thing you can say to a veteran, happy, happy Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. Yes, I cannot stand that. I will correct no. them. Even if yeah. I'm working at QT, I will, it's not happy. Right. They don't. I was raised on this, and every time <laughs> Facebook rolls around for that day, I'm always like, oh, what are you doing? Happy Memorial Day, picture of American flag or something. I'm like, cool, you get it. Let's all go barbecue <laughs> hot dogs and fucking hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, so. Memorial Day sales. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a difference. The Veterans Day is for veterans, either active duty, reserves, uh, National Guard, any branch. Whether they've been deployed or not, they're still veterans. They're still serving their country just because they haven't gone overseas, in my opinion. In my what are you eyes. talking about? Memorial Day or Veterans Day? <laughs> veterans Day. Okay, yeah. Vet- veterans Day, you can. I don't mind if you say Happy Veterans Day because I'm a veteran, but I, do not say Happy Memorial Day. That's. That's bananas. <laughs> like, yeah. that is, There's no. Yeah, that's not what the day is for. <laughs> People just really don't get that. Yeah. It's something that like people just haven't learned in general. I've noticed this every single year. And I think I don't know if it's like people are taught this. Well, it's it's okay. Like, I, I mean I don't know exactly. Well, actually I kinda do. Like I can kinda relate to this aspect. Like I can't relate to your experiences or anything, but I can relate to this. Like the um I don't know what to call it. For me, it's army brat guilt. But for normal people who aren't necessarily army brats or military brats of any kind, it's just this weird guilt where you're like, okay, well, I know this person actually did shit. And so I want them to know that I appreciate it. And so it's just them kind of being like <laughs> spewing it out there and being like, ah, please, thank you. Like they're opinion. trying to say thank you. So I don't blame them entirely. It's just a lack of education on their part. Whereas I was an but army they, brat. So I was told like, hey, Memorial Day for sure. Don't say happy Memorial Day. And they come across as I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad it wasn't me. It was you. Yeah, that's how it comes across. Hey, happy Memorial Day. I'm glad you served, but I didn't. I'm glad somebody else died for, for me. Hey, bro, thanks for taking care of shit for me, huh? Exactly. Like, hey, that's how it comes across. Thanks for letting me play more Counter-Strike. <laughs> like, it's just real weird. Yeah. Hmm. So What's funny is it's like less than 1% of the United States serve in the military. Yeah, less that is than 1%. weird. And they get paid so... They, we get paid shit. And as a staff sergeant, I, give, I, I make all right money when I'm active duty. But privates, when I, was, when I was 19 years old, going overseas, I made $23,000 tax-free. That's how much I made. 
for a year for a year so like, so we pay we have this whole like minimum wage thing going on right now it's been going on for a while should we pay our, our fast food industry more they make more than soldiers who go overseas right now anyway yeah what what what, what? which one should we start with <laughs> yeah. which one should we start with hmm that's that's ridiculous to me and yes. here's another thing that's ridiculous <laughs> to me is that soldiers are only get tax free when they go overseas, but if you're a senator or a House of Representatives congressman, you're tax free after one term. Is it two one term or two terms? I actually don't know. Tax free for the rest of your life? That's ridiculous. For real. It's not a civil service. You're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. But uh, well, not that much. But yeah, there's all with, other benefits. Other yeah. benefits, and they're getting you know bonuses from other companies and I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I should probably be safe. There is an Eccleston who is, <laughs> who is in there somewhere. Um, we'll yeah. let you Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that is ridiculous. It is very, very strange how we treat veterans. So one, okay. One thing, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, like for real, but okay. Before you were a drill sergeant, <laughs> I remember, and, and this seriously meant a lot to me. I, I mean, I'm sure it was nothing to you, but, um, you were being considered to be a drill sergeant at the time. And, uh, you were like, Hey mango. Sorry. I just said that. Okay. <laughs> More counter-strike shit, sorry. You're All like, right, for the listeners, I'm Rabbit, and if you haven't figured that out yet, and he's Mango, also known as Randon and Josh. We play too many video games, okay? <laughs> but uh, you were like, hey, Josh Eccleston. Um, you were like, hey, you like I've got to go get this Psyche Val so I can get this new NCO rank. Do you want to come with me? We can like go rock climb or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. I had nothing to do that weekend. So, so we drove to Fort Hood. Yeah, we went to Fort Hood. <laughs> and we Psyche Val. Yeah, we went to your Psyche yeah. Val. And we stopped by like... I'm not crazy, by the way. They, I was tested. <laughs> you got passed very quickly. However, uh, maybe I don't know if I talked to you about this or not at the time. I still have those pictures. Those were great pictures, On by Facebook. the way. On Facebook. Really, I'll try to release some of these after the podcast so people can see them. But... Um, Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> there's one where a rocket's your dick. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of cannons that are our dicks. Uh, <laughs> this was like, what, eight years ago? Seven years ago? I don't know. Oh, this was 2009, so five years ago? Oh, that's not long enough ago. <laughs> that's not long enough ago to be excusable, but probably right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so... I go with you this trip and, uh, we were going to, we, we did rock climb and stuff. Good times, by the way. Um, uh, but before that I went to your side Val. I waited in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, only civilian in there. FYI. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how old I was, so I don't know if I still had my military ID or you not. Been 23, 24. Yeah. Didn't, didn't then I hadn't been to base in a long time <laughs> in a long time. Uh, but I, I was sitting in that room and I'm, I'm not making this up, dude. It was really blowing my mind cause, uh, I was very far removed from this life, uh, of being on base at all. Like 
I'm not going to pretend I had this life at all, but just being on base in general. And I was sitting there in the waiting room for, I don't, I don't know what you guys call it, but whatever the psyche eval person is, is there a name for that person? Doctor? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I was in that waiting room and I was just sitting there very obviously not a soldier and uh, just listening to all the soldiers talk to each other. And uh, this one soldier was really, really open about how he wasn't, he was on the phone. He was on his cell phone and he was talking about how he was complaining to whoever's on the other side about how he wasn't getting the treatment that he needed and how, um, it was really rough for him since he got back from deployment and how they, they kept them waiting in these lines and there weren't enough doctors and there weren't enough people to help him. And then he kind of like looked around at the, the group of soldiers minus me, obviously in the waiting room. And he was like, right. And they all agreed. And I was just sitting there like, Oh, and they all kind of agreed how like, cause uh, minus you, like you see, you were there to, for like a regular thing. Yeah. Like, is this guy fit to be an NCO and then, or a drill sergeant, drill sergeant more yeah. specifically. And then these other people were there because they needed help and they were complaining about how there wasn't enough help. So I don't know. I, I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but do you have anything That's, to say about that? Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the problem with like the VA is one thing like, we don't pay our soldiers enough, but we don't pay our, our doctors enough. Like if the doctor can go and be a physician and make three times as much money in the civilian sector, why is he going to come be a doctor in the, in, you know, for the government? You know, that's why there's backlog, just backed up backlogs of just soldiers who need help, who can't get it because there's not enough doctors to go around. There's not enough nurses to go around. There's just not enough people to go around because the government doesn't pay the people that need to be paid more to help soldiers enough money to want to care, you know? Um, and that happens a lot. You know, people are always like, Oh, we need to, you know, they pay the ultimate sacrifice or whatever, but when they get back, who cares? They're not on TV anymore. If you don't have to physically see it, then it, you don't think about it. That's an interesting way to put it is that they're not on TV anymore. And that's serious. That's like literal because all of our wars are televised now. So I guess do you have, I mean, and if you don't, that's fine. I mean, do you have anything to say about that? Like, is there anything like, do you think that there's anything that needs to be done better in that regard as far as treatment for veterans after they're back? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we just need to get off our asses and fucking fix people. Fix, fix, I mean, it, that sounds bad. Fix people. But I mean, yeah, some of them they come back broken. Some of my battle buddies come back broken and we need to fix them. We need to spend money on them and get them the help that they need. And like, there are soldiers who, who aren't broken and they, and, and this, you know, say there are who are all broken who don't get the help. And there are soldiers who aren't broken who get the money that they that get, that get help that they don't need. You know, and they're just trying to collect a paycheck. Uh, but we need to figure out a better system. We need to fast track these people that need help and get them the help they need because they've done more for this country than anybody, any politician, the president, any judge, any congressperson. They've done more for this country than any of them. Right. And, and real, real quick, I'm not trying to turn this into a sad sack story or any kind of like left or right wing anything, 
This is seriously just stuff that I'm curious about. No, Um, ask away. um, Like, I remember my dad talking to me about coming back from deployment. And sorry, dad, if I'm speaking on a turn here, but I do, this is my memory of it, is he was talking about after, like, when the movie Hurt Locker came out, he was talking about the scene when the guy comes back from deployment and he's walking around the grocery store and he just, he sees all the options in the store and he's just like, what the fuck? Uh, my dad could kind of relate to that. It's he, a weird he described it. Back. He described that a little bit differently. But do you have anything to say about that? Like, is, was there a weird adjustment for you? Because uh, that's when I met you, and you seemed completely well. Normal. You you met me a year after I'd gotten back. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. So when I first got back there, yeah, yeah, there's a weird adjustment going to the mall again and driving my car on the right side of the road again with being in traffic without having a fucking gun turret moving traffic out of the way. <laughs> I wish I could have a gun turret in Dallas traffic. It'd be awesome. <laughs> like, no, he doesn't. He's totally sane, folks. He's totally, completely stable. People would move out of the fucking way. Like, <laughs> Dallas traffic sucks. It does. But it does. Baghdad, Baghdad traffic is horrible. But, I mean, people would part. It'd be like the Red Sea. People would part because you have a fucking gun pointed at them. I remember, I remember you talking about roundabouts, and you being like roundabouts. Fuck roundabouts. <laughs> roundabouts are the worst. What, right? what is that about? Is it just all roundabouts over there? Uh, yeah, because people don't fucking merge. They just go. <laughs> they just they just go into their lane. They don't give a fuck who's coming. No one ever looks left or right uh, until they see that turret pointed at them, and they're just like, Arr! "Oh, okay, you go ahead." <laughs> Yeah, you just, you go. Real quick, he doesn't point turrets at random people. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's it's a weird adjustment. You know, you first get back. And I'll be completely honest with you, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've shared this with you at all. When I first got back, uh, I had a family reunion, like, uh, I don't know, maybe three months after I got back. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my unit was in the field, and I was trying to get leave for it. And they're like, you can't go and leave because we're on the field training for the next deployment and I was like begged and borrowed and whatever got this leave right and when I went there I had this like super conservative super and I don't know who your listeners are but super conservative super Christian like aunt and Mm -hmm. uh, I was hanging out with my cousin who is about the same age as me like literally three or four months old uh, different age and I like I have tattoos, and I was drinking, and he was drinking, and she's like, "You don't need to drink just to prove that you're old enough." Blah blah. blah. And I was like, "I just got back from combat, bitch." And so like I had I had been drinking, and my I had another uncle who liked to drink, and he was like pouring me shots of Jaeger. And so like I was drinking heavily that night, and she just kept running her mouth, and I just had like a breakdown, and I just went off. And so that was like the only time that I ever like lost it. And then my mom was like, "What the fuck do I do? You know, how do I fix this?" And then I, remember. right? Because she she's just thinking about her baby. And yeah. She doesn't she doesn't know what you've been through. And so and that was like my first, like, click that. Hey, I'm not in. That was the only. That was the the first like. Time that I like lo- forgot where I was. You you see what I'm trying to say? Like I. I mean I can't know exactly what you're saying, but I I see what you're trying to say. I think. Like I I was. You. You realized you weren't talking to soldiers anymore, yes. and you realized that I was talking to family members, right. and I was like people who down. had never been in any situation like yeah. You. And so, like, she was being her, but I had no right to talk to her the way I was talking to her, right. and 
<laughs> and she didn't know where I was coming from. But, like, that was the only time that I had, like, lost it, if that's the right word for it. So that was my only adjustment Those for, like, six months. Hmm. I mean, I remember working and somebody had dropped something behind me and it made a giant, like, boom sound and I fucking went to the ground. And, like, little stuff like that will happen every once in a while. Like, you get startled more easily. Uh, when you first come back and it's some people, it happens for the rest of their lives, you know, uh, just because you're on edge, you're used to say driving, you're used to looking at trash on the side of the road, seeing, Hey, that could be a bomb. You know, what is this guy looking at? Why is this guy in this lane? This guy's coming a little too close to me. You're looking at, uh, the rooftops for snipers, you know, like those are, those, those are things that you have to break. Because when you first get back, you're used to doing it for a year, you know. That's 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 the reality for a year. And so when you get back, there's an adjustment period. You have to stop looking at the side of the road. You have to stop looking at the rooftops. You have to stop driving on the wrong side of the road <laughs> and moving traffic to the left, you know, like. Okay, so, so something I'm wondering right now then is like, okay, like. For me, Counter-Strike has never been a delusion of me being like, I'm a sweet soldier. I'm a Navy SEAL right now. Like, I've never had that delusion where I feel like I'm getting into that. For me, it's always been like uh, almost a sport. As sad yeah. as that as sad as sad that sounds to, like, listeners <laughs> who don't know what Counter-Strike is, like, that's what it's always been it's to me. It's the sport of moving your wrist. <laughs> right, right, right. Look at, the, look at that wrist. Uh, as, as sad as it is to, like, normal listeners, that's how it's always been to me. But for some people, they get in that mode of like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like, I, they feel kind of like they're a soldier or whatever. So do you remember, like, before you were deployed playing video games versus after deployed video games? Does it feel the same to you? Or is there any kind of, like, connection that you draw at all? Because I know, like, you were fighting I en- terrorists and I now en- you're fighting fake terrorists. Like, is there any kind of difference? I enjoy I mean, them. obviously there's a difference. But I is enjoy there a- fighting games more, like shooting games. I yeah. enjoy... War games, Counter Strike, Medal of Honor, Call of Duty. Uh, I enjoy movies that are combat, you know, related mm-hmm. more. Uh, so, do you find they, it more relatable, or is it still an escape like it was before it's, it's war? It's more relatable. It's more emotional for me. Like, I mean, hmm. uh, Band of Brothers, uh, that TV series. Uh, I loved the Pacific. I loved. Uh, we were soldiers. Uh, just all those. Just there's hundreds of movies I can think of. And those movies, I'll cry more at those movies. Like, not like ball, but like I'll tear right. up yeah, yeah. more at those movies than like when Old Yeller died. Like, yeah. And that's, that's every guy's tear movie is Old Yeller being shot by his owner. You know, like, I, those are the movies that hit me the hardest because I can kind of relate. I can understand the psyche of what they're going through. Yeah. Uh, than I think a normal person, and I don't think anybody other than a soldier can understand truly what that person who's playing that part in that movie can really understand. But yeah, so like I enjoy fighting movie or sh- war movies. I enjoy shooting games more just because I can kind of immerse myself into it a little bit more. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, movies do. Movies are ruined for me. Like war movies? <laughs> yeah, because you're nitpicking. You're like, that gun does not have as much ammo as that they're portraying it to. Or, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, he, like was, uh, he was pre-firing over there. Like, once, ag- once again, can't relate on that level, but, like, being a fencer, like, 
any swords, any swordsmanship or swordplay in any movies, I'm always like, this is bullshit. Like, why is this going so long? Both of you are really bad. <laughs> like that. That's all I can think. Like from being from my fencing days, and I was yeah. never like really good. But just seeing it, you're just like. <laughs> Why is that? Why is this sword fight going on for so long? You guys are terrible. So, like your dad mentioned, like the Hurt Locker. They were walking around in the Hurt Locker with their sleeves rolled up for like half the movie. That doesn't happen in the army. You don't walk around like the, uh, I think the Marines let you roll your sleeves up, but the army does not. You will not walk around in the army with your sleeves rolled, and that's just something you notice, and you're just like, that was fucked up. It's different. It's wrong. Hmm. Or you'll see like rank that's upside down or something, or. Uh, just little shit like that. Hmm. People walking around with their dog tags outside of the uniform. That doesn't happen either. Like, I remember. Okay, <laughs> I, and one, first of all, we can edit any of this shit out. We we have the power to do this. <laughs> but, we have the technology. Yeah. <laughs> we can build them better, stronger. Yes, but I remember one time recently, um, you and I were playing Counter Strike. And this fucking troll? kid. This fucking troll. Bro. Oh, I fucking hated that kid. <laughs> this kid. Okay, let me let me set the stage. I don't remember what it was, but this I don't remember all of it, but this kid was on our team. And I was just doing poorly that game. I was doing probably the worst I've ever played. Right. I was and, just having a bad game. And, and this person brought up the fact, okay, I don't remember. First, seriously, I, I do not remember who brought it up first. I really don't. I just remember somehow it got brought up the army. And he was like some CO and I was a staff sergeant or drill sergeant. And then he was like, I don't remember. I just remember you being like, you don't know what like real combat is like or something like that uh you were a few beers i was deep pretty well. you were a few beers deep i was more than a few beers deep. and uh and and he was just like he he was all like uh i was fuck you i'm in the army and then you were like no nah. <laughs> and then i just fed the troll <laughs> you fed the troll for sure fed the troll for, which listeners never feed the troll ever, don't ever feed the troll and like I'll, I'll see people feeding the troll and like stop talking yes but there was something really personal about it to you and that's the only part i want to bring up this isn't like way to feed the troll random this isn't that it's just um i didn't like the you, fact that he was doubting you didn't like the fact that, that he doubted that you were in the military and you doubted that he was in the military meanwhile i'm standing back thinking he's got an anime avatar <laughs> He's probably been in the military or is. You like anime. You are in the military. You guys, under any other circumstances, <laughs> would be friends. friends. But the fact that we're losing in Counter Strike, you guys fucking hate each I other. Remember you going, hey guys, <laughs> my dad's in the army too. <laughs> Hi guys, my dad is in the army. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. That's yeah, all, that's like, all I could say. Soldiers are the worst to each other, but we're like at the end of the day, we're so. So, do you concede that that guy was probably in the army? He probably was in the army. Okay, he's still a douchebag. He's st- he for sure is still a douchebag. For sure is still a douchebag. But he was still probably some lieutenant that has never been deployed. No, it's just that's something that I couldn't grasp. That's all I could do was just kind of joke around it and be like, "Hi, guys," but. I, I, I will never forget that. 
like just you being so so mad that he brought it up at all and then you guys started talking about military stuff you were like where are you deployed i was over here you were over here what base are you at and you guys both named shit that was real and i was kind of like okay you guys are probably both right and he was Let's- just like you're googling it <laughs> i'm googling it while i'm playing it's like it was horrible so i guess the point is never be a dick in a video game about the army. I was mad at you for that, though. Because he had a battle buddy backing him up. And I was like, Josh, say something. All I knew, well, okay, my only experience, I would totally back you up. You know I'm your belay. I can't be your battle buddy. But, like, the only, the only thing that I can... So I had to face two trolls. The, and all I hear was, hey, gosh, my dad was in the army, too. <laughs> I was like, that's my backup? My, I was typing to you frantically. I was like private messaging you just like, do not feed the troll. Oh Stop it. This guy is fucking with I you. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> How many people have we lost so far <laughs> to Counter-Strike talk? We keep saying we're going to stop and yeah, we don't. that doesn't happen. <laughs> we went from like four listeners to one. Yeah. Also, this podcast is now 22 minutes longer than most of my podcasts. So I don't even know if I'll have enough space to actually put this thing Just out edit there. edit all the Counter-Strike stuff out. We can edit all the <laughs> Counter-Strike stuff out. I don't know. Are there any closing remarks? Um, I don't know how ridiculous we've been. Um, but are there any closing remarks as far as what advice maybe you have for someone who's considering the military or is there anything that maybe you would have done differently? If there's not, that's perfectly fine. Also, uh, I guess this is really on my two questions. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a decision to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll tell you from my experience. Again, you know, I was in high school. I was doing massive amounts of drugs, and it was a way for me to. No, it wasn't. It was a way for me to <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Better my my life, better myself. <coughs> uh, and so I don't regret a single minute. And mm. but and you've told was, me that story before. It was too. a turning point in my life. And so if you're gonna commit, commit and train before you go. Don't just think it's going to be summer camp. It's not summer camp. You're training to possibly go overseas. Take it for what that is. Just you know that it can know happen. Know that it can happen. And so what you're and likely will maybe. Teaching, yes, exactly. And so what your drill sergeants are teaching you is to save your life. It's to save your battle buddy's life. It's to save the person next to you. They're teaching you how to do first aid. They're teaching you how to save, uh, shoot your weapon. They're teaching you the skills that you need to go overseas and get back home safely and get your brothers and sisters back home safely. So take that for what it is. Take it serious. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on my podcast, buddy. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, I'll probably have you back uh, to talk about that Bellman life with some other Bellman. (laughs) With some other Bellman? For real. Can we talk about how I ran over a child? (laughs) This never happened. (laughs) No, but we can certainly discuss whatever that was. Um, I think you were the second person I called. The first person meeting you the Josh. Yeah. It was Josh and then Josh. <laughs> yes, I remember this clearly. Yeah, yeah. I want to have I want to have like a panel of Bellmen on here that we can talk about our experience or shared experience. That'd be cool. I couldn't help but shake like thinking about that when you were talking about how things have changed since you were uh, going through basic, and then the people you're putting through basic now. 
obviously not even close to the same thing, but the only thing I could relate it to is being a bellman who trained bellman <laughs> and then thinking about what the fuck I went through when I was becoming a bellman and being like, nah, I was hazed into this. So for <laughs> sure, get your shit together. So we'll talk about that too, I'm sure. I'm down. Let me know when that is. But yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, I don't know if me and Ryan are doing the songs before or after now. There's songs? There's songs. There's going to be an original song written about you, Drill Sergeant Harvey. Oh. Yes. Is the name Rabbit somewhere in that song? Uh, Rabbit Mango Combo? uh, It will be now. (laughs) It will be now. It might be the chorus. Who knows? But if it wasn't before this podcast, then now here's a song by Ryan Harris. Thanks for listening. Touching all the food